What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast where we give you our two cents on everything PlayStation. I am your host, Alex Wolf, joined here with the one, the only, the midget one, the midget guy, the small person. Jesus, Steven. that's a lot of that's a lot of things. You never realize how many things there are to say about someone <laughs> short until you just like rattle them off. Like, holy hell! Like, <laughs> out of any like descriptive thing out there, even like against like tall people. Short people have, I feel like, the most expansive list. We are a very special breed. I could be totally wrong on this. I'm totally talking out of my ass, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> I mean, why not, you know? Own it. Own your titles. I mean, I, I own it. I own it. I added, that's why Midget Guy is my PSN name. See, there you go. See, it works out. All right. We've already got some people in the chat. Hello. Hello. Um, hello. For audio listeners, uh, this is recorded live. Um on Twitch. If you ever want to tune in live, you can go to twitch.tv slash more than friends. We are going to have some audience participation, I suppose. Um, so whenever we reference anyone in the chat, that's where it is. Um, but also, hello, Alex. How have you been? Uh, not too bad. An eventful week, to say the least. Like, yeah. Yeah, really eventful. So like, I don't know. I don't know if I told you, but Monday night we bought a car. Oh, yeah. You were telling yeah. me that you were about to. So it happened. We- yeah, it happened. It very much happened that night. So uh, congratulations! Cool. Thank you, thank you. I'm happy with it. I'm excited. Yeah. Rachel won't let me drive. She just isn't it, allowing you to. N- n- I mean, so for the most part. So I mean, I'm trying to keep this car kind of well. Thank you, uh, Demi, the drag queen. Um, I'm trying to keep you know the car in pristine. Leave it alone. Not drive unless I need to. And the only places I really go during the week are work. So I drive to work and I come home. So I'm driving yep. the old Mazda and just letting it, you know, do its thing. I don't need anything crazy. But then if we have any small trips, like whether it's to her dad's, the grocery store, anytime it's all three of us going, mm. she she immediately assumes she's one driving the car. And then she sits in the driver's side while I put the baby in said car. And then I cannot, you know, I can't physically just yank her out of the car. That would be rude. But I just sit there in a car and I pout. And she's like, what is upsetting? I'm like, I'm just saying, like, I, you know, busted my ass to sit in this here vehicle. I'm just... <laughs> In the passenger seat. So occasionally, like, she'll get out of the car, and I'll just sit in the driver's seat, and I'll just sit there, and I'll just admire. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I did this thing. <laughs> I did this. <laughs> yeah, like, I did this. This is here. Well, that, that's still a big move, getting a new car. That's always exciting. God, it was stressful. But yes, thank you. <laughs> I mean, it is a lot of work, but... Oh, God. I actually... Um... I have a weird little update, and I didn't tell you this um, on the phone earlier because I wanted it to be a sort of surprise. What you got? Uh, what you got? What you got? It's like it's really dumb, but like really weird. Um, okay. But I just I just want to say that um, there are a lot of really amazing people out in the world, and uh, I I just love you know people with like grandma energy, <laughs> like people who yes. um, either are grandmas or like treat anyone as their grandchild. Okay. Um, I love them. And there's not like this... their child, but like their grandchild. Grandchild, yes. It has to okay. be grandchild. Okay. Um, so there is this this woman named Becky who uh, works at a store next to mine at Newport. And um, she like came over and we were talking and everything. And I got really excited because I was like, oh, the Black Friday sale went live on the PlayStation store. And then she like shared my excitement, even though she doesn't give a flying fuck about video games. <laughs> And, um, 
I was like going through the games and I'm like, oh, Spirit Fair is on sale and Life is Strange is on sale. And she takes her her bank card out of her wallet and puts it in front of me. And she says, go crazy. And I was like, Becky, <laughs> you need to calm down. Uh, this is not... Becky with a debit card. She's not fucking around. Yeah, Becky with a debit card. And uh, I was like, I was like, no, I, I cannot possibly. And she was like, Steven, I love you. Um, buy yourself some video games. And I was like, Becky, I can't. And she was like, well, here's what you'll do. She she was telling me, and I was I was arguing with her. I was like, I am not going to take your money. <laughs> and uh, she was like, Here's what you're gonna do. Add all of the games that you want to your to your uh, cart, and then we'll go through it together and decide what I'm gonna get for you. It'll be your Christmas present. And I was like, Becky, no. <laughs> and yeah, because you like, have a real problem when it comes to like your, your I don't cart. Think she understood. No. Yeah, I don't think she understood. I was like, Becky, there are two thousand games on sale. I, all of them are going to be in my wish list. You do not understand. Um, and she was like, I know how much it means to you. So what happened is all day today at work, I was dwindling down <laughs> this wish list. And I brought it down to six games. And I brought up the trailers on YouTube. And I was like, all right, Becky, if you have to buy me some games, you're going to choose one and you're going to buy it for me. Um, if, if, if you will not take no for an answer... <laughs> We will choose one together. And then she proceeded to buy all of them. <sighs> Becky spent $112 on me today. What games? She got Life is Strange True Colors. Okay. She all got right. Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, she got... Um, uh, fuck, I can't even... She got a weird game called Lydia... Okay. Um, she got Kentucky Route Zero. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is that a thing you're uh, I didn't know of how your level of interest in that was, but okay. Uh, I'm like, I really love the art, but mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, know, that's where I'm at with it. But yeah. the reviews have always been great. But basically, I ended up with six games because Becky would not take no for an answer. And then, after she does this, she gets me two beers. And pretzels and beer cheese. Is Becky dying? <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Is she oh, okay? Also Spirit Fair. Speaking of dying, she got Spirit Fair for me as well. She but, must be yeah, dying. That's, that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, Hopefully Jesus not. Christ, but... Becky. So I'm sitting there trying to close the store and I'm like trying to keep myself from crying because Becky is just such a kind woman. So I just want to dedicate this stream to Becky. Um, she's not watching because she's probably in bed. It's past her bedtime. Oh, and she probably doesn't know what a Twitch stream is the way you described her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just want to, I want to dedicate this to Becky. Uh, what a phenomenal woman. Uh, she, she had no right being so fucking kind. Tell you what, she really reclaimed the name Becky because Becky is not like, that's right up yeah. there with Karen. So yeah. good for it's her. It's like right below Karen, but she... Mm -hmm. She completely wiped it off of the shit list, and now it's on like the angel list. So, yeah, um, everybody in the chat is praising Becky. And can uh, we get Becky Becky's name? Can we get a picture of like her, just her face on a um, T-shirt? And I want to say, "We stand, Becky." And I, I fully support this, uh, and I think, I think she would too. I think we should surprise and her. 
And on the back, around the sh- across the shoulders, it needs to say, "No oh, shit, hold on, I lost it." <laughs> grandma, grandma energy. That's what it was. That that grandma, was. Like the, yes, yes. It needs to say that. Grandma energy. <laughs> so wait, hold on. What defines grandma energy? Because I feel like I tell a lot of people they're like my second mom, like your mom, our drama yeah. teacher, uh, really any mother of one of my best friends growing up, very much a second mom. And I feel like because, like, while they're not my mom and don't necessarily punish me, they treat me like their own. I feel like that is grandma energy. So is that different? Yeah. Well, um, I think maybe maybe age is at play here. But also, like, there, I feel like there's a difference between mom energy and grandma energy. Because mom energy is, you know, like, oh, you need to learn. <laughs> Uh, or like, like, let me take care of you. And then grandma energy is fuck your health, fuck your well being. We're going to give you a shit ton of candy and I'm going to take you out. It's like treat yourself kind of energy. And then once you're all fucked up because of grandma, then they bring you to mom. You know what I mean? Like it's that kind of thing. So grandma fucks you up. Grandma's the party. Yeah. Mom is the nurse. Mom's the bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. Mom is bedtime. Tucks you in, get you a nice <laughs> glass of milky. Um, real fast, going through the comments, uh, uh, Demi is saying we stand Becky. Uh, hashtag Team Becky. Um, Imagine McNamee is saying OMG, we stand Becky one hundred percent. Demi said also the T-shirt needs to say Becky with the credit card, <laughs> not the good hair. But that also seems rude. <laughs> saying she, this is my first time reading this. <laughs> so well, while I don't disagree with Demi, I, I thought the same. That is a lot to put on a t-shirt. <laughs> like that is the whole damn shirt. <laughs> the whole back of the shirt needs to say all like, of the t-shirt. I don't know if that works. With the credit card, not the good hair, but that also <laughs> seems weird saying she doesn't have good hair. But Beyonce said it, not me. There we go. <laughs> Um, imagine McNamee says grandma energy is fuck what mom says. I'm in charge. Then they give you back. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. I get behind that. Steven, <laughs> Steven, Steven, Steven. What a, what a start to the show. <laughs> it is quite the start. Now, one thing I need to bring up is mm-hmm. I want everyone to know that Steven Thomas Morrow loves an old crack. Why did you have to do this? Because I told you I'd do it. You did not tell me that you were going to do this. I did not tell you I was going to do this. <laughs> you you are a liar. I didn't tell you I wasn't going to do it. All right, well, if you're going to do it, you got to explain it. Uh, I mean, it's not as funny. I think we should just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. Steven, it is, what is today? November 19th. Did you just look and- at your watch to not have any information on it? No, it did. I have the calendar on the what have you. Oh, is it a smartwatch? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I thought you were one of those assholes who like doesn't even have a watch and they're like, what time is it? November the 20th. Pretty <laughs> here, young man. <laughs> no, uh, so it's November 19th, 2021. The Game Awards, December 9th, 2021. They're yes, approaching very shortly. Soon. Very soon. Voting launched Tuesday. It's yes. out there. You can go now to thegameawards.com and vote for your categories, all the way up from your favorite esports member and coach 
to game yep. of the year. So go out there and vote. They had 7.4 million votes in the first 24 hours, Stephen. That's more than two. <laughs> that is indeed more than two. I cannot argue these facts. That is factually more than two. <laughs> Them's the facts. Um, um, actually, but- so that's a, that's a good point, though. Uh, everyone who's listening, whether you're listening live or not, um, play along at home. Go to, what is it, thegameawards.com or just gameawards.com? I just said it, thegameawards.com. Okay, go to thegameawards.com. Uh, mm-hmm, get ready mm-hmm. to vote. You can go along with us. Uh, we are going, going to go through every single category and talk about our personal pick and prediction. Not every single one. We're not going to do a lot of the esports ones. Well, uh, yeah, okay. Just because okay, we have no knowledge whatsoever in those. Yeah, I have no idea who the esports athletes are. And no offense to them. They're all infinitely better at video games than me. Um, but I'm in it for the art, not the competition. We say that as we are literally voting for games to be game of the yeah, year. We are competing. That is a dirty, dirty damn lie. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's just, it, it, it just, it becomes a problem when I vote for people because then I, I start to get my personal biases. I start voting for whoever's more attractive. And that's I feel just like not... that's a thing with all of these things. So you vote with personal biases. Like that's why yeah, it's a vote. But I would rather be biased towards a product than a person. I feel like that's a little bit less awful. That's fair. I get that. So, uh, one thing, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but is Studio of the Year not a category this year? I did not see it going through the voting. You're right. I, I did not see it, it at all. And I, I thought think... that was really weird because I was I was so ready to vote Insomniac. So here's my thing with that category. I'm kind of glad thinking about it. It's not there because it seems kind of. If a game wins game of the year, is that studio not by like transitive property there? Studio of the year? Like you can't be I studio mean, of the you can't be a great studio making the game of the year and then not win it. That makes no sense to me. Well, there's sometimes like a game that's not game of the year. Like for example, like the best um ongoing game, for example, uh like mm-hmm. that's a very community driven thing. Uh so, like, I I don't know. I feel like a studio, even if they don't have a game that releases during mm-hmm. a year with, with awards, um, they might be doing things that help the industry or help the, the gaming community. So I still, I like that as a category, personally. Um, and whenever Media Molecule is nominated, I like showing them support. But I feel like this year, I would have been so ready to vote for Insomniac because they have carried the PlayStation 5. And that's and that's fair. You're not wrong in that. But I guess it's also a similar thing. So say, again, to the example of ongoing game, that being the studio of the year. Again, that seems like... That's a category, too. It's Yeah, it's a category, too. Now that person's getting two wins because they won at least one... Ca- if they win ongoing game, then they're more likely going to win if unless game of the year beats them out, the studio of the year as well. It just seems kind of like a gimme award. Like, yeah, okay, come on. Seriously? So... Yeah. No, that studio is getting their kudos because their game won ongoing the game of the year. That studio is getting on best studio because their game won game of the year. It, it just seems too much oversaturated. It it's at throwing a lot of nonsensical rewards in the year for nothing at all. Well, this is all masturbatory, anyways. We're industry people giving industry people. Word? Yeah, masturbatory is totally a word. 
I know this because I masturbate frequently. I don't think that gives you <laughs> reason to think that's the word, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyways, like it's just like you know the Oscars and all those things. It's just it's it's people in who are it's it's really just it's all a bunch of wank anyways. But I enjoy it. So <laughs> what are Mas- we talking about? <laughs> Masturbatory bunch of wank. Uh, I hope Becky is like all of these words are bad. being thrown in these and none of them make any sense. <laughs> Anywho, well, so tonight, ladies and gents, we will be going over our predictions and personal picks for the Game Awards. Now, if you guys didn't catch it last year, Stephen and I have an annual bet uh, based oh, yeah, off of who will this. win what awards at the Game Awards based on our predictions on who will win not our personal picks but who will win what category the predictions yeah yes uh last year i won this um <laughs> i want to say it was it was pretty close to the beginning and then it eventually just took a real left turn for steven like it yeah, was yeah i was i was very for him i was very not good at predicting what would win he was I, really bad trip uh, fantasy trip fantasy <laughs> says no. i'm gonna win this year um so good. like and that's actually a good point. Um, ev- everyone who's listening, watching, what have you, um, participate. You know, keep track of your predictions. Let's see how it all stacks up. Come December 9th, right? Yes. December 9th, mm-hmm. uh, we will find out the winners. We're going to do another show and we'll find out together. We'll go over them and we will see which of us two, between me and Alex, wins. Um, and we can see if our, if our audience did a good job predicting. Last year, I bought you some beer. Is that correct? That is right. That I, is right. I was trying to think what was the reward last year, and I'm pretty sure it was beer. Yep. It's, it's, I, I think we can, let's do that again. Let's I'll see. Let's replicate it. Or get some beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. And if we need to change oh. it up, we can change it up. It's not a big fucking deal. Who cares? Do you want to shake on it? <laughs> All right. We're I'm not proud of this. <laughs> and it was a little awkward, but. Um, uh, <laughs> it's a lot awkward. <laughs> dare I say masturbatory. <laughs> Not even applicable to this. <laughs> not like not even, even if it is a word that I'm sure that word does not translate to this conversation. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on. <laughs> moving on, Stephen. Let's let's just go ahead and get the show on the road. Let's get the show on the road. All right, let's just dive in. So, kicking it off with most anticipated game, the nominees are Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West. The sequel to Legend of Zelda, The Breath of the Wild, and Starfield. Steven, what was your pick? Um, are we doing personal or prediction? Go ahead and throw both out there. Let's just okay, knock so two my, at the same time. My personal most anticipated game, mm-hmm. um, Horizon Forbidden West. I am very excited for this game. The first game uh, I loved. I thought it was beautiful. The action was great. Um, I love the main character. I'm excited to see what directions the story goes. Um, what they revealed of the world looks astounding. Uh, with that being said, I do not think Horizon Forbidden West is going to win. I think it's going to be Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. That's fair. I'm in a similar boat. While I have actually never finished Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn, I have tried it at least three times, and I get to a certain point in the game, and I'm like, yeah, I'll get around to it. Um 
I think it's just one of those things that I'm, I'm, it came out in 2015, 2014. I am past the point where I'm like, I care. I'll come around to it much like I did with the last of us part one, where it took me damn near a decade to finally go and sit down and play that game. Yeah. Um, so I went ahead and I voted for God of War Ragnarok. I was a huge fan of the God of War franchise, all of the beginning from one. Um, loved the most recent iteration from 2018. Uh, biggest thing, my biggest reason for getting a PS5 at the time was anticipating a PS5 God of War sequel. Um, now, my, my prediction as to who will win is tied between that and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel. You think there's equal hype for God of War as there is Legend of Zelda? I do. Interesting. Okay. I do. So I think the biggest right. thing with I think there's two different things. One, God of War has the advantage of we know it's coming. We've seen it. We know it's coming next year. And we also know that everyone that owns a PS4 or PS5 will be able to play this game. With Legend of Zelda, it has the mystique aspect to it where we don't know when this game is coming. We know nothing about it so the, outside the little snippet we saw at a Nintendo Direct earlier this year. And even then, it, that was what we saw a year after the game was originally announced, where we still saw very little. Um, so it has the mystique aspect where the God of War has it one game of the year. That game has been crazy, crazy talked about still. It still carries Sa- Sony Santa Monica to this day. And we know it's coming next year. It's got surefire hits compared to we have no idea what the fuck's coming with Zelda. So, all right. Um, I just I feel like the Zelda name is just so much bigger than God of War. Even though like God of War totally stole the show when it came out. Um, but I don't know. So I mean, it also based off of how they vote, depending on if they go a popular vote on top of the judges' table. Yeah. I think just because of the install base the PlayStation 4 has and now the PlayStation 5, you mm-hmm. may see the popular vote go God of War some because of how many people own the console it's going to be played on. That is a fair point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So, so uh, let the record show <laughs> our, our picks for that. Um, and so just to clarify, the bet is for our prediction to for what will win and not our personal vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Where where uh, is where is the Huffle hug? Is she in the chat today? Um, I don't think Huffle's with us um, <laughs> at the moment. Uh, I think there's a way for me to view the viewers, but I I don't want to accidentally fuck it up. So I'm gonna see if she could. Uh, we could have her keep track for us. But um, well, I mean, I've got my document me. here. Uh, I say she's got some life stuff happening. So I mean, I don't. She's not gonna be on here 100 percent of the time. I'm not gonna. Throw on there, and yet she is the worst. Thank you, thank you, Demi. Huffle she is, is indeed not the worst. There is nothing she, but love for Huffle here. Huffle has been with us since the beginning. The worst. <laughs> what a damn shame. <laughs> I feel like I have to reiterate nothing but love here for for our audience and for our just uh, bad. <laughs> Absolutely fucking deplorable. Only self hatred is allowed here. Damn. Not hatred for other people. <laughs> Anyways, we'll just keep track of it on our own ends, and then we can figure it out in the future. I trust right. you not to change your answers. Plus, we can always reference this in the future anyways. Yeah. All right. Next up, best debut indie. 
The nominees are The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City, Kina, Bridge of Spirits, Sable, Valheim. I have heard of two of these fucking games. <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> when I saw this nom- these nominees, I'm like, I guess it's Slim Pickens when you're talking about debut. So like, I, I don't know how many games launched this yeah, year. It's got to be. Acclaim. Well, it has to be a studio's first game. Exactly. So, so. Uh, yeah, by nature, it's going to be lesser known things. Uh, or, but, just, or just like a very niche list of things, you know? Because yeah. a lot of studios around nowadays are pumping out games, and they've been around for at least a year or two. Yeah. Um, Stephen, what'd you vote for? Um, personally, I think this category is a given. I think, uh, so my personal vote and my prediction is the same, and that is Kane of Bridge of Spirits. I wholeheartedly agree. I yeah. Yeah. I I I really don't think it's a contest. And the reason why is I feel like it's not just the most well known, but it's also gorgeous. It is a game that uh the studio behind it is sort of ingrained in the video game industry. They they got their start making fan a, a fan animation for The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Um and that gained so much popularity that um they were like okay well we want to make a game and uh they've gotten tremendous community support uh kena is is beautiful it's gotten great reviews um you know despite some like technical hiccups um the artistic direction the um the animation the world building uh all of it i feel like Kena's the clear win- winner here wiener <laughs> it's the clear wiener <laughs> I don't think anybody likes a clear wiener, Steven. But um, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree there. I mean, the game is, it's been called Pixar level animation quality uh, in just terms of looks as well. Um, it was very much skeptical when the game was announced with, uh, it was a new developer and it was shown off at a PlayStation 5 showcase. I mean, this game had a lot riding on it and they took off. I mean, I don't yeah. think anyone can short them as to what they put out this year. Kudos to them. Yeah, I, I think they're going to run away with it. Yeah, and another thing that I think is kind of interesting, just this is a random side note, but uh, the fact that this game that looks so charming and adorable um, is actually kind of like a hardcore game. It's been compared mm-hmm. to to Dark Souls um, in, in terms of its difficulty and the boss battles and things like that. Um I think that that also goes to show how ingrained in gaming culture uh, these developers are and how they kind of understand gamers. Mm -hmm. And um, like for this to be their debut game and for it to be as gorgeous as it is, um, for it to be as, uh, I guess, gamer-centric, I hate that term gamer, but still, uh, I feel like, this is a phenomenal debut, and I am very excited to see what they do next. Agreed. So next up, Stephen, is a category which I don't know if we're actually going to get if we're uh, going to go with this one is content creator of the year. Once again, I have no idea who the fuck these people are. You know, not to take anything away from them. Maybe some people in chat can <laughs> chime yeah, in if they if have if any. If you guys know, but... you can chime in. Uh, the nominees are Dream Foosley. Which, when I hear that, I just think of Fuseli from Courage Carly Dog, Gallus, Ibai, and Griffig. I voted Dream because I liked his profile picture. 
I did the same thing. That is, that's all I got. Because it's like no. a, just a derpy smiley face. Damn um, right. I actually, I did look up, um, I looked up a little bit of like each person's content just because I felt like I, I needed to. Uh, so Dream does mostly Minecraft content. Uh, and I think, I think Dream is more of like a pers- persona and like you don't actually know who they are. I mean, judging uh, by that photo, I think I know who it is. It's someone off a stick page. I know who they are. Um, but like, there are there are other people who who frequent, um, uh, their like videos. I don't. I don't. I have honestly, I have no idea. There's another uh, content creator. Um, so I I predicted that Dream would win. Mostly because of the profile picture. However, my personal pick is actually Greg. It's Greg with an F before the last G. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I picked them in particular is because uh, after looking into them, they are a Spanish um, uh, content creator, and they're actually the um, they've gained the most following in like the Hispanic community. So Spanish speaking with Spanish. Uh, uh, content and things like that. So I I, I voted for them personally uh, because I think that it's pretty cool having representation that's not just uh, like English speaking centric content. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know that that was why they got my vote. But I I do think it's going to be Dream uh, just because of the derpy face. Um, also, Dream has a shit ton of subscribers. Like. They are ridiculously popular, and I think a lot of that has to do with Minecraft. Yeah, Minecraft is definitely the uh, factor there. All right, moving right along. Yeah, real fast, I want to give Demi a, a shout out. Demi says that um, Demi says I'm Xbox, not PlayStation, but I'm here to support you guys. Um, once again, we really appreciate any support, and even though we are a PlayStation podcast, uh, we love all games and all gamers. So, so thank you so much, Demi, for being here. We do appreciate you. We do indeed. Thank you, Demi. Next up is best multiplayer. Steven, the nominees are Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. What is Valheim? Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I've heard it. I've heard of it. I hear things. I have never once looked into it myself. It's got to be a PC thing, right? No, I actually think there's... A, I think it's on VR. And I believe it's on PlayStation as well. Do you say VR? I believe it's a VR game. I could be wrong on this. Or at least have VR capabilities. Uh, Trip Fantasy says Valheim on Steam is good. And then Demi says I play it on PC. Trip Fantasy, Trip Fantasy clarifies says, not VR. Not VR. Okay, But, thank I, you. but I believe it is on multiple platforms, so I don't think it's just PC. We're just PlayStation plebs over here. Uh, we don't. I'm just a young boy. We don't understand none of this personal computer bullshit. There we go. Vikings survival craft game. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So yeah, Trip Fantasy actually showed me this. I think. Um, yeah, it's it has very in depth uh, building. If I, if I'm remembering correctly, um, mm-hmm. like it, you have to make actually structurally sound buildings, otherwise they'll collapse. It's like really in depth. I feel like you a get lot fatigued of people are really if you swim. Yeah, 
yeah. But uh, yeah, if if this is the thing that I'm thinking of, um, then it's actually kind of a big deal on PC, and that might change my answers. To be honest, young young man, what are your picks? Um, so uh, I my personal pick is it takes two. Um, okay. And uh, in chat, Imagine McNamee has said, I liked It Takes Two. Uh, so I'm with you as well, Imagine McNamee. Um, which is weird because I haven't actually played it. But I love the concept and I love the games that they make. Um, they are strictly co-op. Like, the option to play it single player isn't even there. You have to play it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and with It Takes Two, at least based on everything that I've heard, it kind of takes things to the next level. Um, and uh, one thing that I love in games, especially multiplayer games, is when there's diversity for gameplay mechanics and different settings and things like that, things that kind of shake things up frequently. Um, And It Takes Two does that in spades, like so much so that people are amazed that they're still throwing new ideas at you uh, like every 10 minutes. Uh, That's why I love the game What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, because literally every 10 minutes, it's basically a different game. Uh, But yeah, so my personal vote is it takes two. However, uh, I said that New World would win. Um, And the reason... Interesting, young man. The reason why is it's kind of a juggernaut. Um, In the MMO world, uh, I believe this is the first Amazon game. Uh, it's not the first one. It's the only one that's actually like works. Okay, so it's the first, like, actually good Amazon game. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it it seemed really interesting. Uh, my brother actually showed me some of this game, and what I enjoyed about it is there's a lot of um, there's a lot of like sort of world building that's dependent on the players. So mm-hmm. the players can actually take over territory. And in real time, you can kind of take over each other's land and it, it creates kind of like tribes, I guess. Um, and like there's legit like full on wars going on. And that aspect of like creating a community and stuff, I think, is something that would really speak to a lot of people. And I think that that's compelling as a game. Uh, so I put that as the winner. Uh, though I think there's a case to be made for Valheim now that I remember what it is. Gotcha. Uh, So my personal and professional pick on this, Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, Monster Hunter, yeah, so a personal one because Rachel and I played Monster Hunter Rise for hours when it came out. It was all I touched, came in from work, played Monster Hunter. I think that was... Probably the only game we played launch up until the birth of our son. That's what we played. And we got as much in there as we could because we knew once he was born, that would also stop. <laughs> Just, you know, because life. Uh, but it's a solid game. Lots of fun. Uh, continuous, continuous support. It Monster Hunter has done nothing but continue and continue to become more and more accessible to its players. And so the game has launched on switch i think it is has come recently or is coming soon to pc so it'll also see a a sudden resurgence i imagine as well much like monster hunter did when it came to pc after it launched on consoles um 
the game's just outright fun. It's super easy to jump into. Customization. Monsters are fun. Uh, we've got new monsters. The, the, the inclusion of the Palamutes, the rideable dogs you have in the game now. Um, the fun story. I mean, it's just... And Monster Hunter continue about to blow it out of the water with each iteration, uh, as we've seen. So I think that alone will be a big thing. Again, also with install base, with how much that game sold compared to everything else on this list, I imagine the number of people voting, again, depending on how much that carries into the actual show, will play a huge, huge factor into the results that day. So uh, you said that was your personal pick. Is that also your prediction? Yes, like I said, it is my personal and prediction. I think I believe it's okay. a professional right. pick. But yes, I believe okay. Monster okay. Hunter will win that all the way around. Okay. All right. Let the record state our votes mm-hmm. have been cast. Mm-hmm. Next up, best sports and racing game. Steven, the nominees are F1 2021, FIFA 22, Forza Horizon 5. And hold on, my phone just died. Hot Wheels Unleashed, Riders Republic. What are your picks, Stephen? Um, what do you think my personal pick is? <laughs> your per- it's going to be Hot Wheels. It is Hot Wheels. It is it's Hot Wheels. Be, yeah. Because, okay, so first of all, it's a Hot Wheels racing game. But second of all, it's actually good. Yeah. Yeah, it's I've actually heard good. phenomenal it's, things. It's beautiful. It has legit Hot Wheels like cars that you can unlock, mm-hmm. um, which is like it kind of gives that that gotcha feeling, I guess, or whatever. Um, but uh, it, it's got like really slick mechanics. Um, it's like strictly racing, so it's like laser focused in that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's not going to win. <laughs> of course, it's not <laughs> because it's Hot Wheels racing. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. I I I think it's it, Forza Horizon is gonna win. That's oh, my for prediction. sure. Yeah, uh, it's it's Forza. You can't you can't compete with Forza. You you really can't. I mean, even when people pick Gran Turismo against Forza, it's it, I, I can't think of anyone that I doesn't know. lean into the realm of like as much as we would love to admit it. Everyone leans into that realm of Forza every time. I know. Uh, so but I we mean, wouldn't have I, Forza if it's not for Gran Turismo. Uh, that, that is true. That is very true. That's point respect made. where respect is due. For sure, for sure. Um, m- my personal and prediction, Forza Horizon 5. Yep. Forza is gorgeous. It is... I love racing games. I can't get into Gran Turismo. I can't get into a lot of racing simulators. Uh, but Forza as a brand, whether it's Motorsport or Horizon has always kept my attention. The arcadiness, uh, or the light arcadiness, I should say, of Horizon has always, always, always been a huge favorite of mine. Uh, The game is fucking gorgeous, plain and simple. Whether you're playing on Xbox Series S or X, this game stuns. And it handles well. It's fun. There's so much you can do with the cars. The environments are extremely lush, colorful, vibrant. You can't go wrong. Also, something notable about Forza is in the past, there was a Hot Wheels collaboration. That is true. So, just saying, mm-hmm. Hot Wheels is the real winner here. <laughs> uh, Trip Fantasy has written into the chat to say Splashdown 2021. Uh, if only. 
if, if only. only. Splashdown is so good. An underrated gem. And, you know, looking back at it, that game's gameplay was real bad. <laughs> like, really? I actually think it holds no. up. I think it holds up. I think if you – I think it's accurate, like the whole <laughs> having the pullback, like that feeling of like, yeah, this is how you ride a jet ski. you got to pull back when you, yeah. when you drive. you got to tilt back a little bit. I think it, with how arcadey and how insane that game is, if you were to, you know, input – realistic gameplay features in that game would not explain that no one would know what the fuck is going on They're like why am i why is the man singing i'm a king and i have no hair but at the same I mean, time i'm i'm supposed to realistically expect this game to to ride like an actual jet ski it just doesn't make sense i i don't think it needs to make sense it's a fair. video game it's fine yeah, yeah. Uh, trip fantasy writes in and says it just isn't boring like every other racing game you shut your whore mouth jack x combat racing was great <laughs> There, there's Anywho's some great there. racing games out there. Yeah. Next up, best sim and strategy. We have Age of Empires 4, Evil Genius 2, World Domination, Humankind, Inscription, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh I <laughs> I'm I'm just guessing that you're on the same page as me, but uh I'm just going to say it. I think across the board, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, well, you could just go right past it because I mean, it's, I it's yeah, it is. Come on, such an ambitious title, uh, a beautiful title, and one that continues to get support. Uh, it's. I don't think there's much of a contest, but I, I, I guess we'll see. Maybe we're just, you know, outside of, uh, the whole PC side of things, but, I. Uh, my personal and prediction would be Microsoft Flight Simulator. Chia-chia. Steven also, highlight. Give me the Drag Queens. Phenomenal comment. Yes, that, that yes. was the next thing I was yes. going to do. Um, if you have not played Jack X Combat <laughs> Racing, you need to play this gym. This is a game that was made because Naughty Dog was bored because they were told <laughs> the PlayStation 3 was not coming out for another fucking year, and it still slaps. Go out there, get on your PlayStation 4, or your PlayStation 5, look up Jackass Combat Racing. Or PlayStation 2. It. Or PlayStation 2. I don't do it on PS2 because I feel like I bought three copies and I glitched all at the same point in the same time. I think it was <laughs> that was an issue. But PS4, PS5, play that game. Jackass Combat Racing. So damn uh, good. And so not the talked about. Queen said that Jackass was great and then continued on to say, I don't even like racing. But that game was great. So good. Also, low key childhood crush, Jack. It's the ears. It's the ears. The ears. The elf ears. The extremely, extremely <laughs> long elf ears. That's what got They're you. Ridiculously long. It's not the only thing long on him. Not Wait. the only thing. Mm-mm-mm. Just saying. I got about a bunch of Jack stands in the chat. Yep, yeah, Demi Jack agrees. Jack was hot. Face, evil Jack. Jack. Demi and says, good oh my Lord. god, evil Jack could... Alright, Demi. Alright. Jesus Christ. Alright. It's a bold statement. <laughs> it's a very... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> a little next jealous up, of that. Next family game. <laughs> to ride Jack all day. <laughs> 
We're transitioning right in the best family here. <laughs> and the nominees are Best Family Game. Mario Party Superstars. New Pokemon Snap. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. And WarioWare, get it together. <laughs> we need to get it together. <laughs> I think it's very much you and Timmy over here. <laughs> we need to get it this together. A little, uh, a little moist for Jack over here. <laughs> Steven, don't you compose yourself. What are your picks? Uh, this is another one where I think... Uh, it, it's across the board, both my personal and my prediction. Um, I think the best family game is It Takes Two. And I say that because it's, it's, it's so diverse. It is specifically made for co-op. It, it cannot be played any other way. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it, it's literally about working together and working mm -hmm. through problems. Uh, it has some good lessons uh, in there. So let's let's let's, let's talk about this because we ran into this last year when we talked about best family game. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Uh, best and family, I, and I also lost. <laughs> it is a very very vague genre. Because are we talking yeah. about the best game about family, or are we talking about the best family appropriate game out there? Whether yeah, like it's is this families can enjoy kids, it, or is it for like a whole family? Mm -hmm. Or like, is it, is it trying is a boyfriend to, and girlfriend still a family? Or is the game just trying to build the idea of family? Yeah. So just remember that going in, guys, when you go in and vote. This genre doesn't make sense until we actually watch the Game Awards where Jeff Keighley actually explains. Breaks our hearts. Where he breaks our hearts. Uh, maybe just you because you lost. But yeah. Um, what, are, what are your picks? You said it takes two for both? Yeah, it takes two for both. And another reason is, uh, even though it kind of deals with like ideas of marriage and stuff, which may or may not be something necessarily that you think of when it comes to like a game appropriate for children, mm -hmm. the fact that it's so uh, full of ideas and that there's so much changing with the gameplay, I think it's the kind of game that will keep a child's attention. Uh, so like maybe not like a young, young child, but a kid who's already familiar with, with video games and with controllers, I feel like it's hard to be bored with a game that switches it up as frequently as it takes to. Mm. So I think I think it stands as a great game for for kids and for That's fair. parents and kids. My again, my two uh again, prediction and pick Super Mario 3D World. Plus Bowser's Fury. Um, this was a game that was originally released on the Wii U, and I, I know I'm going to catch some flack from that. Cause it's not a new game uh, for the for the most part, but I'm giving with, you flack with the with the critiques that are out there about how the game improves upon everything that was in the Wii U version, which was actually a very solid game when it launched. Um, mm -hmm. Improving upon that, plus the addition of Bowser's Fury, it is fun for the whole family with the, the amount of people you can play. Um, with you know four people right there ready to go working together it's family appropriate anyone you know whether it's a bunch of little kids jumping in for the first time or if it's the whole family with mom dad and the two kids hopping in it's there it doesn't force you to do anything it's hey this is the game you play it everyone loves mario it's fun it's appealing 
go, go bananas. I'm just so tired of, <laughs> uh, whenever people think family games immediately jump into Nintendo. And, uh, let me just say before, before we go on, uh, mm-hmm. where the fuck is Astrobot? What do you mean? Where's Astrobot? We need Astrobot. Why would it be in any of this? Astrobot needs to be here because Astrobot is a phenomenal family game. It's family appropriate. It is a perfect game. Astrobot needs some love and attention. It's true, but it's also a very straightforward single player tech demo. Oh, you're a very straightforward Astrobot. <laughs> I love me some Astrobot. Moving right along to this <laughs> fighting game. I'll show you a fight. <laughs> Uh, the nominees are <laughs> Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood, Type Lumina, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, and Virtua Fighter Five: Ultimate Showdown. I just love that, that you're reading the titles, because usually the fighting game titles are always fucked. Like, remember, was it last year where there was, like, Xrd? <laughs> or, like, yeah. it was, like, XRD, Xrd? I don't even know. Yeah, it was a Guilty Gear. It was a Guilty Gear Xrd. Uh, yeah. Any hooser. No, I got my things all in, in a wonk. Oh, you know what? Because my Ford is... Okay, okay, I see what I did. Any hooser, Steven, your picks. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not too big on fighting games, personally. Um, mm-hmm. However... Uh, if there's one thing that I know, it's that uh, what is Arc System Works? Uh, yep. They they make beautiful and competent fighting games, uh, and so for me, my personal and prediction is Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, however, there is an anomaly here, and I think that it's important for us to address the anomaly, mm-hmm. and that is Nickelodeon. <laughs> um, yeah. This is a game that that kind of took the internet by storm. Uh, it it kind of just like the fighting community adopted it as its baby. Uh, this stupid Nickelodeon game is not that great. It is not. <laughs> it is not. However, people love it, and maybe that'll speak very loudly this year. We don't have that many like big games i think in the fighting category this year so maybe nickelodeon has a chance and so i i have that as like a little asterisk but still i'm going to say my personal pick and prediction is guilty gear strive um but i would not be surprised if nickelodeon won so steven i am a fan of fighting games well i don't play them all and i am for damn sure not good at them all i love them uh, while I would have loved to see a fantastic, fantastic Demon Slayer game come out, I feel like this game is too early with its limited cast. So the players, the characters you can play as are pretty pretty limited. Um, it is developed by CyberConnect2, who made the visually gorgeous Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games and Asura's Wrath. Um, so Ooh, the game definitely has vibrant there. Mm-hmm. So they definitely has... They definitely got some stuff under their belt, but I think with it being this, this 3D cinematic, more of a brawler kind of deal, doesn't hold up in the competitive fighting game community. Uh, Guilty Gear 
is a mainstay in the fighting game community, much like you said, Arc System Works knows fighting games when it comes to making sure a game is accessible, but also has a lot of depth to this, the visual uh, prowess that it carries, uh, as well as just a strict, strict sense of community and making sure the game just runs. Talking about stress tests on servers, making sure the game works, the beta testing, the, the amount I went into this game launching uh, with the current gen consoles, or shortly afterwards, I should say, the care input to that, you can't take it away from them. Got to give it to them on both my prediction and personal pick. Holy shit, are we agreeing? I feel like we did earlier. We did the same thing with Forza. Well, yeah, but that's that's more of an obvious <laughs> choice. All right, okay. All right, uh, Trip Fantasy writes into the chat, Guilty Gear Good. I G- appreciate G- the alliteration. G G G. So yeah, uh, lots of guilty gear love. Yeah. Next up, Stephen, we have best role playing, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei five, and Tales of Arise. Stephen, your picks. So. Again, my personal and prediction Mm -hmm. are the same, and that is Tales of Arise. Uh, Now, this game, while it hasn't been as, uh, like, rapturous, I guess, um, the people who have played it have said that it is either their game of the year or they are heavily considering it for game of the year. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a game that... uh, Many people within the role-playing community are, uh, they are putting it up on the same level as Persona and saying that this is bringing the Tales games up a level. Uh, They're saying that the story is great, that the combat is um, intuitive uh, and interesting. Uh, It's big and it's epic. The only thing that could possibly bring it down is it it does have microtransactions that, um, you know, maybe have have uh, kind of made made them make different design decisions that make getting certain gear and stuff a little bit more difficult in order to push people to buy the microtransactions. However, with that being said, uh, there is a lot of love for this game and a lot of talks for it to be game of the year. Uh, so I'm kind of going out on a limb and I am predicting that that one will win best role-playing game. All right, fair, fair. Not bad. This is a surprise. I wasn't expecting that from you. But uh, I actually recently picked up Tales of Arise, uh, so I'll be here playing it shortly after I finish Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm excited. I played the demo and I loved it. I've always wanted to play the Tales games. This was just the first one again to kind of blow the doors open again, make it a a common nameplate like Persona Five. Um, I think this will. Tales of Arise, if done well, and it does commercially as well, we will see more Tales of Games take the world by storm. We'll see a bigger impact there. Um, but I say this, it is not my picks for any of this. Uh, oh. I think, yeah, my, my personal prediction, or my personal pick, I should say, Scarlet Nexus. Um, really? When the game, yeah, oh, gosh, yes. So when this game launched, it is visually vibrant. It's fun to look at. It's fun to play. Um it has a lot of the social aspects and things you saw out of a Persona game. 
uh, and it's honestly being treated much like Persona was, where the game came out. Uh, it has an anime based upon it. Uh, the supporting manga, I believe, is also coming out in the near future. Um, I think this game is just, it's fun. It's easy to get into. Uh, but I do believe the winner will be Monster Hunter Rise. Okay. See, I thought that was going to be your personal pick, was Monster Hunter. No, I think Monster Hunter, again, with, again, the install base and the things I mentioned before, it's it's Monster Hunter. It, it's reviewed yeah. extremely well. Critics love it. It, I think it beat out every game on this list when it comes to just the critical score overall. And then again, the ongoing support it still has going forward. Yeah. Well, all right. Next up, Steven. We're getting into it now. We're getting real close. Yeah, this is, this is where things start to get really interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Best action adventure game. And the nominees are Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village. Steven, your pick. Notice this I is... said pick. What? I noticed I said pick, not picks. I don't... <laughs> Because I know you're gonna have. There's gonna be one game you're gonna pick. It's gonna be your personal and your prediction. Um, it no. <gasps> you're wrong. You scandalous bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so this first of all, this is a bit of a loaded category. I uh, I think that uh, all of these games are awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a- across the board, I would recommend every single one of these games. Um. However, uh, my personal pick, it is very biased, uh, would be Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, I feel like it has to be. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, how often you threaten people in this show? I threaten lives for this game. Uh, I, <laughs> it, it, I, I needed this game. Uh, and Ratchet and Clank is such a a feel good game. It it just feels good to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 not anything like life changing. It's it's comfort food, and uh, it just feels good to get back into a Ratchet and Clank game. Uh, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is more of that. Um, with that being said, I do not think that other people would agree. <laughs> um, I what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I think Metroid Dread is going to win oh. this category. Oh. Oh. Okay, okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's a, a return to form for Metroid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it mm-hmm. has been getting nothing but praise from those who played it. Um, other than David Jaffe, uh, <laughs> who hates it for some reason. Uh, <laughs> that man. <laughs> poor, poor David. <laughs> poor, poor David. Uh, but no, seriously, I think Metroid is such a a, a beloved franchise in the gaming industry, mm-hmm. and it's been a while since there's been a Metroid game that people really kind of rallied behind. And this is it. This is this is a Metroid. It feels like Metroid. It 
it is it's Metroid. Um, so I think it's kind of hard to compete against it. Uh, I, so my thing with Metroid Dread is I think while it's definitely a great game, I think we're hearing more about it now is because I think you've seen the conversation where Metroid is a Nintendo franchise as beloved by fans, but it does not get the same love from Nintendo that other Nintendo franchises do. So I think mm-hmm. fans are taking it upon themselves to really talk in, about this game to get Metroid the respect it deserves. I think if it, it's the, the outcry is so Nintendo hears it, so Metroid isn't put on the back burner longer for another, you know, however long it was for a true Metroid game to come out. Uh, mm-hmm. Last one, I think, was Metroid Other M. And then after that, you had Metroid... Uh, whatever the 3DS game was, where it was like a Metroid Force or something like that. Uh, and then you had Metroid Samus Returns, which was a remake of an old SNES Metroid game. So this is the first true return to form, you're right. But I think the, the outcry you hear is to make sure that they don't go so long again. I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily commenting while the game is, again is good. I think we're hearing more about it so we don't go so long without seeing another one. Uh, but my picks, my personal prediction to win, Ratchet oh. and Clank Rift Apart. I, I, pre- I predict Ratchet and Clank will win. I think... And that's your personal it, pick too? No, no, no. It's not my personal pick. It's okay, what I okay. predict to win. I, I think um, just due to how much it pushes the hardware of the PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. uh, with it being a fantastic looking game, the old PlayStation history it does, um, how how pulling dimensions flows so seamlessly, gameplay is solid, it's all... It is a gamey game. Which I think if you ever talk about, man, I really like a gamey kind of game. It's always in the action adventure category. Ratchet and Clank holds that is king of that. There's a reason yeah. you see more Ratchet and Clank games coming out and taking that throne as opposed to Sly Cooper and Jack and Daxter. It is still the test of time. They put out hits after hit after hit. There's been no slowdown. And it's a very, very, very well taken care of franchise. Now, speaking of which, I will just say, and this is mostly for Demi, uh, but anyone who appreciates Jack um, on any level, uh, check out uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I think that you'll you'll appreciate some of the inclusions in that game. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That is all. My personal pick, though, <laughs> Psychonauts Two. Okay. All right. I, okay. I, I, one, I can speak to this because I, out of, I've played two out of the five games here. I want to play Ratchet and Clank. I have not gotten around to it yet. I'm in the midst of playing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, very good game, but Psychonauts 2, I, it was the first big thing I really played on my Xbox Series S with Game Pass. And that game was just solid. Again, it is a gamey game. It is a fun little platformer. The story is engaging. It's fun. It's heartfelt. Um, Everything about the game is just solid when it comes to gameplay, which is a huge step up compared to how my experience was with the original Psychonauts when I played through it a couple of years ago. It unfortunately um, does not hold up. No, that, that pisses me <laughs> off. It didn't hold up. Then fuck that. Fuck the goddamn circus. Any the, user. I mean, the world and the story and the presentation, that's fine. Yeah, but, but God, does it not feel good to play. Fuck the meat circus. The rest of that game, fun. <laughs> Literally, it was great until the meat <laughs> I'm not, Can we get a shirt that, that just says "fuck the meat circus" Let with me, no I'm explanation? Sure, I'm sure it's out there. It has to be. With how long ago that happened, how much of it's still ass? 
any i'm gonna go honestly though like so psychonauts was one that i was torn for for my prediction to win uh honestly Mm -hmm. so i was torn between that and metroid and while i think both of them are interesting because they do have sort of a bit more of like a niche cult following within the gaming community um Mm -hmm. i think just metroid wins out uh just it's it's such a bigger title and it has such like a big influence on the industry and on games as a whole. I feel like that I don't know. It's it's gut feeling, and my gut yeah, feelings I, are not always the best. But my my biggest thing with that with Ratchet not Ratchet and Clank with Metroid and Psychonauts two, they didn't do anything to push the the genre per se. Metroid, while it's fun, it's solid. Yeah. It handles well. It doesn't do anything that pushes the envelope. Uh, same thing with Psychonauts 2. It is a straightforward action-adventure game. The game looks good, it's fun to play, and it's a a ball of fun, but it does not push the envelope. Ratchet & Clank pushes the PS5. It pushes the envelope with this development, uh, whether it, how the game looks. Again, gameplay, graphics, sound design, everything that game does, it does well. And it pushes it every time. Whenever We talked about this last year when the PS5 dropped. If there was a game that was going to demonstrate what the PS5 did, just like it has with every other console before it, it's Ratchet & Clank. Ratchet & Clank pushed and showed what the PS4 Pro could do. It showed what it could do on the PS3 with the future tools, the destruction games. Mm-hmm. It showed what the PS2 could do. It's constantly, constantly, constantly pushing the envelope. Now, Steven, do you have the list of categories pulled up on your phone? My phone just died. Um, I don't have it, but I can get it. You little walk. Um, We were on best action game, right? Best action adventure game. That's okay. one little poof that's just going to go ahead out. and get that pulled up. Uh, dun, 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 dun. That's not how you spell any of those words, Steven. You are a young boy. God, this is such a, like, intensive website. There's a lot going on on this website, and I just... Yeah, I just don't uh, quite understand why... I wish it wasn't <laughs> as busy. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. It, the, the most traction that website gets is when people vote and when it's streamed. It doesn't need a bunch of animations and transitions just for people to do that. It's just a opinion. lot. It's to be fair, a it's a lot better than it was last year. Last year, I hated navigating the voting. So, um, next category. Uh, so, we just did the best action adventure, and mm-hmm. this category is just strictly best action game. Okay. Uh, okay. So, the nominees are Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. So, Alex, right. do you want to take it away with your personal and prediction? Um, personal and prediction go to Deathloop. That Both game was, yeah, yeah. The game was critically yeah. received all the way around. I can't think of anyone that reviewed it with less than a 10. Uh, everyone that's played that game has enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, it is, I mean, even in this presentation alone, it's action, right? It reminds you of a good Tarantino film. Uh, or Robert Rodriguez, I should say, not Tarantino, in in a sense, uh, with just the the film grain, the trailers, uh, the gameplay is fun. The gameplay is literally built to play to 
it is action all the way around. You, the game is built around you dying and coming back and replaying the same loop. It's all, it's fast paced. It's fun. It's, it's balls to the wall. It's throttling. That game is there. Uh, all the other games, again, not to take away from them, but we're back for blood is more about the cooperative action there and really just building that sense of teamwork, uh, returnal being a bullet hell. Uh, but I think the most action that game really comes from is just how flashy it gets with the different environments and different kinds of weapons. There's just a lot happening. I don't think it speaks to how much like the true action piece there. Um, what were the other nominees again? Uh, Far Cry Six and Chivalry Two. Chivalry Two. I, I know a lot of people. Some good buddies of mine are loving Chivalry Two, and it's fun. But I mean, it's just again, it's a online multiplayer combative game, objective base. Your medieval times, swinging maces, swords, clubs, things of that nature. Aren't there samurai in there too? No, you're thinking of For Honor. Oh, that's Shil- right. God, yeah. Shil- okay. Chivalry is strictly right. medieval, like knights. Um, All right, that's my bad. And then Far Cry Six, uh, just it's action, yeah, but it's a lot of a lot more RPG elements in there than I would Far say. Far Cry just did to. not resonate as much as it has in the past. I think um, it. Didn't only because, you know, same thing, different. It the, the games have yeah. gotten stale. Uh, it needs it needs a good facelift. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm I agree with you in terms of your prediction for what will win. I think Deathloop mm-hmm. is uh, the clear front runner. Uh, I mean, it, it. If you look at Metacritic, if you look at just how people are talking about this game, uh, yeah. However, my personal pick would have to be Returnal. And the reason why is this game is just a vibe. It is soaked in atmosphere. Um, I haven't really seen a game with this kind of style to it. Uh, and I think that's cool. Like the the enemy design, um, how brutal the game is. But it has like, it's it's weird. It 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 has so many different influences that you wouldn't think would work. Um, like it, it's like alien and PT <laughs> and like classic arcade games, uh, like, like Resogun or Super Stardust, uh, which mm-hmm. Housemark has made in the past. Um, like it, it's like a weird fusion of different things and different influences and somehow it works and it's really been speaking to people. Um, and it's a game that, uh, is kind of off-putting with how difficult it is, but then it really gets its teeth into you. And um, also, as a shout-out, they have listened to people, um, and they've added a, a checkpoint system. So what would normally require, like, two hours of uninterrupted gameplay, you can now have, like, a checkpoint, and it makes the game a little bit more accessible for people who don't have as much time. Uh, so also the fact that they're listening to their fans and updating the game uh, with quality-of-life changes, I think that's also important and that speaks to to that game and that studio house mark um with that being said though i think Deathloop is totally gonna win mm-hmm. um and uh imagine mcnamee writes in and says it's basically the same game over and over but i like the boy far cry 6 that is the boy it, it just says the boy it, is there a boy yeah he plays the boy oh okay I didn't know if this was like a, like, I like the game, but just calling the game a boy. I don't know. I like the child. 
It's a, it's a good boy. Give me that boy. Give me that. Give me that. Um, you said your phone's dead. Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. So next category is best VR slash AR game. Uh, I have to reload the categories because this website is kind of lame. All right. So the nominees for best VR or AR game are Hitman 3, I Expect You to Die 2, Long Echo 2, Resident Evil 4, and Sniper Elite VR. How do you feel? Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4. That game... Across the board? Across the board. That game has seen every kind of port and release it can since 2004. And it still holds up every damn time. Like, the the implementations it took to become on the VR uh, were solid. It works. It still gives you a sense of horror, that tingling in the back of your neck. The gameplay is solid. Um, For something that was being mapped from a GameCube to PlayStation to PC to being remastered, or not necessarily remastered, but upscaled on the PS4 and Xbox One, the game it, it holds up, and I don't, I can't think it is the Skyrim before Skyrim, where every time this game comes out, it'll still deliver. It, it won't be something where, oh man, it's just the same game. Like, yeah, it's the same game, and there's a reason why, because the game now, fucking works. There is something kind of weird about um, the Resident Evil Four VR. They did mm-hmm. actually make some changes, like they've. Um, sort of gone through and changed some dialogue and they've removed certain scenes that are mm-hmm. a little bit, I don't want to say sexually explicit because they weren't, but they were a little bit suggestive. Cring- um, cringeworthy. With, yeah. yeah, but I mean, still, uh, I think I think that's an interesting talking point in and of itself. And maybe we can talk about it in a later episode more in depth. Uh, but it's like one of those things that's kind of weird where it's like if you're going to re-release a game... Uh, like that's a discussion to be had where it's like, do you um, honor where the game came from and do you preserve that? Mm-hmm. Or do you update it to make it a little bit more palatable to modern sensibilities? Um, and uh, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the idea of, of, of changing some of the things, especially when they're relatively harmless. Like uh, a lot of the changes weren't, really for things that were really questionable or like awful. They were just kind of like, like you do I that. Think you're, I think you're right. I think at that point you're kind of dipping into a different conversation because you could say that about quite a few things, you know, yeah. going on nowadays, but who's to know or like, yeah, a year from now that could be like, no, that can, that, that that's probably not okay. So I, I think they're future proofing something. Especially the way how the the how the climate, I guess you say, has changed since two thousand four. I think yeah. they did the right thing with updating it, just because it future proofs it. It's the last thing you need is something, an article coming out or critiquing something, a mistake, or I guess I can't even really call it that. What was okay in two thousand four and comparing it to twenty twenty one? Like, hey, this is not okay. It's like, well, it was okay then when the game originally came out. So unless we're going to, if you don't change well, it, you're going to come up, you're going to be open to something. That's what's so weird about it is I feel like even today, like it would be okay in, in media. Like it's okay in a movie. 
it's okay in a book why is it not okay in video games like why do we hold video games to like such a like a more critical eye and that's that's something that i think is something that video games have combated for a while where we're kind of held to a a more um I don't want to say a higher standard. We're held to a lower standard. Like I think that comes down to the to that comes to the audience, right? I mean, you're thinking yeah. you're talking different audiences there. You're talking about the the average moviegoer against the 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 common everyday gamer. Uh, you're gonna have to you have different people playing those games compared to the people that actually go out to movies, you know. Um, so you're catering to your audience with that. Um, and like I said, it's future proofing. It, what, while it could be okay today, and it was okay in 2004, doesn't mean it's okay in 2022. So, you just with the times. Nothing wrong with it. I think it's I think it's a smart thing to do, to so you're not tarnishing the legacy of a again a, a game that is to the test of time. Mm-hmm. Now, I I do agree with you in terms of Resident Evil 4 VR winning. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I am a little upset that Fract is not on here. Which is the PlayStation VR game. It has sort of um, like a Borderlands art style. It is just bombastic balls to the wall action. Uh, You can like ski while shooting people. It has really intuitive cover based shooting mechanics. um, And it's just not present. And this game reviewed wonderfully. And people said, wow, this is a game changer for VR. And it's not even on here. Um, So shout out to Fract. However, um, my personal pick is Hitman 3. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is Hitman is kind of a a playground as it is where you can uh, you can approach situations kind of however you want to. And that in VR I think is very compelling uh, because VR is just such a tactile thing. It's easier to immerse yourself in an experience in VR. And Hitman in VR is just like it it's weird because I never thought of it before, but it's almost a no-brainer. And I feel like that's an exciting concept. Um, and from what I hear, they did a, a pretty good job implementing it. Uh, so my personal pick, Hitman 3 in VR. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil 4 VR is my prediction to win. Taking the cake. Taking the cake. Cake. That was a very gooey cake. Very moist. Very moist cake. Cake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, next category. <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with this. Moving on. There's an argument in the chat right now over whether or not Skyrim is good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought I should acknowledge that. Um, so, next category is innovation in accessibility. And the nominees are Fi Cry. Why can I not talk? Fi Cry. Fi Cry. Fi Cry. Uh, Far Cry 6, Forza Horizon mm-hmm. 5. I cannot do this. I'm so bad at reading. <laughs> Forza Horizon 5, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and The Veil, Shadow of the Crown. So I'm going with one option on this, and that's just this is strictly due to that stu- this studio's track record with accessibility and gaming Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I mean, Insomniac has continued, especially uh, in making huge strides, especially since the release of Spider-Man on the PS4, 
with accessibility in games and the options uh, to the level of detail that's available out there, I, I can only imagine what they did with Ratchet and Clank going forward into that. So I, I have to give my, my point to them on both sides. So that's your personal pick and your prediction to win? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I agree in terms of Ratchet and Clank is my personal pick as well. Um, I think Insomniac, like you said, has done a great job, um, and they just keep getting better. Um, and with Ratchet and Clank, uh, in particular, there are, um, like listening to different podcasts and stuff uh, where they have, uh, different guests specifically talking about accessibility, uh, Ratchet and Clank is interesting because there's a feature that not a lot of games have where you can like literally slow down the speed of the game, uh, and like couple that with a bunch of like, uh, visual, um, like filters or enhancements that that help people that have different um, visual impairments and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people are saying that this is their first time ever being able to actually play a game like Ratchet and Clank, where normally there's just a lot of action going on on screen and it's very fast and they have to react quickly. Um, but with this game, the accessibility options are so um, effective that they're actually able to play the game. Uh, despite being mostly blind. Um, And that was something that I thought was amazing hearing for The Last of Us Part Two, And it seems like Insomniac has implemented those same kinds of things into Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And I think that that is important to kind of give a shout out. However, um, this is another gut feeling thing. I think the winner is going to be Forza. And... uh, a big reason why is a lot of people are talking about it specifically when it comes to um, how, uh, I mean, so Forza has actually a lot of accessibility options. Um, and one of which that I think is interesting and kind of one that I didn't even think about um, was uh, they added sign language to the game, hmm. uh, which is kind of weird. Uh, there's a, uh, an actual video of somebody doing sign language in the corner. Um, so that way, instead of having to read subtitles um, or obviously listen to dialogue, there's a visual like movement. Um, and for a lot of people who are um, hearing impaired, that's apparently easier for them to understand than subtitles because when you're playing a game, it's harder to take your eyes off the action and read text on the bottom of a screen. But mm-hmm your brain can kind of comprehend movement uh, like hand movements and things like that. So that I thought was fascinating. And I was like, how in the hell do you implement sign language in a video game? Like that's, (laughs) that's mind blowing to me. Um, So there's that, but then also um, being a member of the LGBT community, uh, the fact that this game is taking uh, like identity and pronouns seriously um, is interesting. Uh, while that's something that I don't really uh, need in a game, I appreciate that it's there for people who want that to be there. Um, like so much so that announcers will use different pronouns audibly, uh, like in the dialogue when addressing uh, the player character and things like that. Um, I think that that is uh, a kind of a sign of things to come, uh, whether there may or may not be community pushback. Um, it has been a talking point 
uh, for a lot of people. Uh, but I think that I think that those kinds of features are going to give Forza Horizon the the edge here in the Game Awards. So that's my prediction. All right, moving that along. All right, so the next category is best community support. And let me just go ahead and load that up because every time that I go back, I have to click things because of this website. Uh, Best community support. The nominees are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy Online. Uh, What is that? Final Fantasy? Is it 14? Final Fantasy 14 14. Online. Mm -hmm. Um, Fortnite and No Man's Sky. Uh, We already immediately have somebody in the chat giving Final Fantasy 14 a shout out. Trip Fantasy is saying Final Fantasy 14, they better win. Um, feel free to tell us why in the chat, um, and we'll come back to you after we give our our picks. So, Alex, how about how about you? What are your personal and um, predictions? I'm right there with Trip Fantasy on both. I voted for Final Fantasy 14. I believe they'll win it. Um, just the continued listening from Square as to what the game needs to implement. Uh, and it constantly being implemented with every big expansion that comes through. The game is ever evolving and ever changing for the good. I mean, hell, the base game of Final Fantasy XIV: A Realm Reborn was a response of Square listening to its, you know, its fans and its community and re-releasing a dead game, building it from the ground up and making sure it works. So, I mean, I don't know what kind of how you can have a stronger community than that. So. Yeah, um, so Final Fantasy is my prediction to win um, for all of those same reasons. It really is, uh, I, don't, I don't know if underdog story is the right word, but um, it, it really is the comeback story, mm-hmm. I guess, um, when it comes to MMOs, because uh, it was dog shit when it launched. And the Absolute fact that dog water. Yeah, and, and the fact that they have brought it back from the dead um, and so intensely so that it's um it is the biggest mmo ever now uh yeah. like in, in terms of player base um surpassing world of warcraft and uh it just in craze it, it, it it's insane um so my prediction to win is final fantasy however um oddly enough it's almost a similar story my personal vote is no man's sky and the reason why is very similar to Final Fantasy. Uh, it's a game that was kind of dog shit when it launched. Uh, it got a lot of um, bad press. Uh, it, like People were really concerned about the game. Um, and they have really turned it around. And to this day, they have not released an expansion or an update for the game that costs money. Uh, and I think that that is amazing. They have added like a shit ton of features that are game-changing without charging a single dime to their player base. Uh, and I, I, I think that that is awesome. Does that drive the community because it's free? Or is it um, nice the game is free? Well, it's not, not just... Itself, but the so things being added not only do it. I consider that to be a good uh, token of faith to the community, just saying, hey, here's this content for free, but it is content that people want. They're listening mm-hmm. to fans, and now they're beyond the point of making good on the promises that they made. And mm-hmm. now they're adding things by having conversations with their community and saying, what do you want? What do you need? What are some quality of life changes? What are some like 
pie in the sky dream updates that you want. Um, and they have implemented a lot of these things. Uh, like it's, the game is just like, it's, it's turning into like, remember when the game was announced and people were like, this is my dream sci-fi game. And then it launched and people were like, oh, and, and now I think it's kind of becoming the dream sci-fi game. Like they're they're adding all of the things that people want now. Uh, it essentially is sort of like a space MMO. They keep building on to the multiplayer aspect. They've added uh, more like economy features and uh, not just base building, but world building. There's uh, pets and ships that you can raise or grow. It, it's like weird, but there's all kinds of different things that you can do. Uh, and I think that that's interesting, and I I think that deserves a shout out. Um, and all of the updates have been free, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to go back to Trip Fantasy, um, they said that Final Fantasy XIV better win because they actually give a shit about the game. They said the death of the game is embedded into the lore even. So yes. um, the failed launch is actually part of the the world story, uh, mm-hmm. which that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, I mean, I I predicted that they'll win, and I think they definitely deserve it. So, yeah. Moving right along. So the next category is best mobile game. Uh, this one is always interesting because <laughs> uh, I feel like, I don't know, mobile games have kind of had a little bit of a bad rap, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and, I mean, I've personally been guilty of this, too. But um, I think this goes to show that there's, like, some really legit quality titles on mobile as well. Uh, But anyway, so the nominees are Fantasian, Genshin Impact, League of Legends Wild Rift, Marvel Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. Alex, take it away. Uh, Personal pick goes to Pokemon Unite. I had a lot of fun with it for about a couple months or so. Um, honestly, the only reason I stopped playing was I use my phone for a lot of work I do. So by the time I come home and I had time to play it, my phone would be dead. So oh, I'm like, well, like now you're like right dead. now. Yeah. So <laughs> now I have to charge it. By the time I send charging, I'm asleep. It's Betty bye. So I'm like, I, I ain't playing no unite today. Not, not, I'm, I'm solo, not unite with nobody else today. Um, but I think, uh, I believe the win will go to Genshin impact. Uh, the game is just taking the world by storm with how many people are logging on the cross, com- uh, how much is there to that game? Just being a mobile game alone. And then the online uh, aspect to it as well. The game is just too big and, and still so simple and easy to get into. Uh, it just fits the mobile space and, and it's killing it. It can't, I, there's no signs of it slowing down. Which is crazy. So, um, I agree with you there, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, however, both my personal pick and my prediction is Pokemon Unite. And uh, the reason why is honestly, like, it, it got Andreas back into video games. <laughs> He's kind of <laughs> off and on. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he, he, he really loves it, and I feel like. It's taking Pokemon, which is a huge name, mm-hmm. uh, and MOBA, which is not necessarily known for being the most accessible of genres, um, 
and it's making it accessible uh, where people who normally don't even play that many video games can still get in and enjoy it. Um, and I think that that's valuable. Um, I think it's hard to see a Pokemon game not <laughs> um, winning a category like this. Um, Pokemon Cafe Mix. Was that ever that nominated? Game... No, because it was shit. Well, but it was I mean, a Pokemon but, mobile game. But Pokemon Unite is not shit. It's not life-changing, it's, but it's, it's not. not yeah, I, Pokemon Unite, I think a big thing of that is a lot of the decisions the development team makes, uh, while the intention is good-natured, it's also ass-backwards. I think... Well, I could talk about this later, but I mean... The matches are ten minutes long, like so. It's a long, like it's a commitment. I mean, I got shorter matches in fucking Overwatch than I do a Pokemon Unite. Um, there's no scoring you can see actively in the game, so you don't know where you place outside of a few comments here and that pop on the score. Like, hey, we are taking a re we're relagging behind, or hey, we have a huge lead, but it doesn't tell you how much of a huge lead it is. And the development team said they do that just so, you know, players don't give up and lose halfway through the game. But at the same time, if you get that comment early in the game and you keep playing and the other team gets all of the things that would turn the tide, you've lost the fucking game. It's, it's okay to surrender. Just get done with it. You don't need to spend another four minutes left in this fucking match. You've already played for six to fool yourself that you're going to win. It, it is, it, it, it lasts, it can last way too long for this dumbest of reasons. And I feel like if you had a score there that really kind of churns and burns, get more games played, you're going to have more, it, just a concurrent user base. But that's just one of my gripes with it. Again, I love it. It's fun. But that, <laughs> when, I, when I read that, when I read that, I was like, what? That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I was like, it is the most ass backwards thing I could ever. We don't want people to quit the game, so we're not showing you the score. But we're gonna pop up these very motivational and misleading comments throughout the entire game, so you waste ten minutes of your life where you could have quit, boosted your stuff up, and joined another game where you had a chance. I mean, I think it's a matter of audience too. Like, I I don't think Pokemon Unite is made for like the hardcore and like super competitive. I think it it really is just an accessible, casual MOBA. And I think at it, that, it succeeds. It Yes and no in some cases, because there are a lot of the things you earn and you have to get. Because, I mean, the, the game was knocked when it first launched because of how hard it was to progress. Where it's like, day one, it's like, nope, you've got to spend money. If you want to win it all in this game, you're spending money because you got to get top-tier characters to play as, and you got to get top-tier hold items. They got a lot of shit for that, and now they have all these giveaways where you can essentially hang with the best of them just by collecting the giveaways. But you only get some of those giveaways by winning. So it's casual where everyone can join. Everyone knows how to play. But you're not you're missing out on a whole lot of free shit only because you're not winning the game. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's weird. But anyway, moving on. That's fair. Uh, next category is best indie. Um, so this one, the nominees are twelve minutes, death's door. Inscription, Kano Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. My personal pick, Kano Bridge of Spirits. 
I've been so excited for that game all year. I've yet to pick it up, but you better believe when I do, I'm, I'm jumping right in. I'm going to get sucked up. But my prediction is Death Store. That game has been a critical okay. indie darling all year. And with its recent release on PlayStation and Switch coming, uh, it's, yeah. Come on now. Interesting. Uh, so, okay. Um, I can get behind that. I so my my personal and prediction is Cano Bridge of Spirits. Um, I just I feel like it's and, and all of the same things I said before apply mm-hmm. here. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Twelve Minutes. Uh, that game is hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, I'm real surprised to see it nominated for a I, fucking thing. I, I mean, congratulations for getting onto this um, this nomination because uh, I'm sorry, but. I I was very excited for that game. You when you throw out a name like Willem Dafoe, um, and when you uh, when you have an awesome announcement trailer like you did at uh, what was it E3 or was that the Video Game Awards? I can't even I remember. I actually think it might have been the Game Awards. <laughs> um, but I yeah the, the announcement trailer like blew my mind and I I was excited for it but I couldn't play it because I didn't have a platform that could play it so I loaded up a playthrough of it on YouTube and I was laughing because of how bad it was. Um, like, and it presents itself as a very serious game, but holy shit, <laughs> why is it here? Uh, and I mean, just personal opinion. And I know that a lot of people love that game. Uh, a lot of people also hate the game, but it, it's a very divisive game. <laughs> Uh, and you know, I don't want to put too much negative energy out there, but I, I was very surprised to see that here personally. Mm. Uh, I frankly expected something like chicory to be on here, uh, with the amount of love that that's been getting, uh, or something like that. But, um, but yeah, just random little gripe, I guess. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so next category is best ongoing game. And the nominees are Apex Legends, Final Fantasy XIV Online, Fortnite, Genshin Impact, and Call of Duty Warzone. Alex, what are your picks? I, I, I'm going to have to hand it to Genshin Impact again. I mean, the same reason I gave on mobile. The game has continued to do so on uh, console. It has taken the console scene by storm with how easy it is to get into. Uh, it's fun. There's constant, constant addition of new ca- playable characters to go through. Um, I just don't think anyone expected that that game to get as much traction as it did, and it has not stopped. Um, and it's free. It's free to download. So that's one I of think, my favorite words. Is free. There you go. So I think that that is there. Um, yeah. Okay, I can get behind that. Um, however. My personal pick and prediction with the nominees, uh, I'm going to have to agree with, in the chat, we have Trip Fantasy saying Final Fantasy XIV. I agree. Um, I think that while it's not free, it has taken the world by storm. Um, it is now record-breaking, mm-hmm. um, and it, it justifies its cost. Uh, oh, yeah. Is, uh, something that you know is increasingly hard to do, especially for a game that requires so much of an investment of time. I mean, a um, time and then a monthly subscription or yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I think final fantasy 14 
that's my prediction. That's my personal pick. And I think it, if it wins, it would be deserving. Um, so yeah. All right. Uh, next category is games for impact. Uh, this is one of my favorite categories uh, because I, th- I think that games can offer a lot uh, to the world. And I think that games really can have uh, a positive impact on not just individuals, but society as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I really love this category. Uh, with that being said, I usually have not heard of most of the games in this category. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, however, the nominees for Games for Impact are Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home. Alex, what are your thoughts? Um, my prediction and, again, personal pick... Uh, are going to life and life is strange, true colors. Um, life is strange as a, as a franchise has always very much been in that category. Um, always deservedly to win. I don't think it's always one. I think it won once. I can't remember. I want to say life is strange. It's been consistently nominated. Yeah. Consistently nominated. I think maybe life is strange too. Maybe. Um, I think I wanted it to win (laughs) last time. Um, but I think this is the year we get it. I think this is when it happens. Okay. Um, just with how much traction the game has gotten and because of the franchise ties from one and two, the funding is there to just add more and more to answer the needs and the wants of what the previous two games were lacking. I feel like mm-hmm. True Colors has capitalized on that. Okay. Um, I actually... So I put that as my prediction to win. Life is Strange, mm-hmm. True Colors. Um for a lot of the reasons why you said traditionally life is strange has been uh, a very inclusive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been sort of adopted by the queer community. Um, it is the indie gay hipster flagship game. <laughs> um, and for good reason, uh, it, it understands the audience and it represents us in a way that we, for the most part agree with, which is pretty cool. Um, and also, True Colors uh, it kind of like ups the ante uh, on, on a level of quality for both writing um, as well as presentation, uh, like on the technical level. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but yeah, Life is Strange is a, is a game series that's not afraid to talk about uh, certain topics in a way that, for the most part, is handled pretty well. So that's my prediction. Um, my personal pick, though, is Chicory, personally. Uh, mm. Yeah, uh, just because it's a game where uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that, like, uh, riveting, I guess, uh, you know, from the outside looking in. But then as you play, there's, like, characters who have um, a lot more to say, and it's a little bit more heartfelt and uh, thoughtful than it may seem. Uh, when you just watch a trailer about a game where you color. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> literally a coloring book. Um, so that's my personal pick. But again, I, I predict that Life is Strange is going to win. Um, and uh, as much as I hate to do this, I have another gripe with this one. Why in the hell is Boyfriend Dungeon here? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was... Oh, I So I know your feelings aside to it, but it, it's reviewed... It had a good following when it first launched. 
Uh, people liked that game. I don't know why. Personally. Yeah, people liked it, but, but but when it comes to impact, though, what is it trying to say? I have no idea. Date a stalker? Is that what it's trying to say? I don't know. I just I I really don't. I don't know if that's the kind of impact I want to see in the world. Um, like, yeah, sure, it's dating game, cool, and there's some queerness, but you can't just throw that in there and then be okay. If if you yeah, want to, you, you want to leave a mark. You got to make sure that it's it's something that's you know be the change you wish to see in the world. You. Uh, so, you know, I I don't care if there's attractive men who are also swords. I I appreciate <laughs> the phallic imagery, but I don't know. It's a little rapey. So penis is impact, man. I don't know what to tell you. So Dicks yeah, for impact. Uh, I'm just I'm really baffled by that inclusion, but. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, this is a fun category. So next category, best performance. Um, the nominees are, and I'm, I'm going to butcher some names. <laughs> oh, jeez. Just so you know. Uh, please help <laughs> if you mm-hmm. can, Alex. All right. Uh, so Erica Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange. Okay. Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo? Juan Carlo Esposito as Juan Carlo. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, in Far Cry. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn in Deathloop. Oh, you fucked that one up royally. Did I? No, yes, Jason, Jason Kelly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's Jason Kelly. Yes. Um, Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu. Uh, from Resident Evil Village, and <laughs> God damn it, um, Ozioma Akaga as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. I'm so sorry, Giancarlo so Esposito. I mean, I I can't think of a performance that man has put in in anything he does uh, from Breaking Bad. To the Mandalorian, to Far Cry, he is—he's stone cold. I mean, his performances always hit. He nails it every time. He is a lover of his craft, and he didn't. There were no shortcomings with him delving into the video game scene. So I—I I think personal and prediction, the man's got it. Okay, uh, I. While I appreciate um, all of that, uh, I don't know. For me, and and I haven't played Far Cry. Um, however, just like listening to what people have to say, uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding his performance. But um, from what I hear, and, and not as a negative mark for the actor at all, uh, but I think that the character didn't allow for him to to really. Uh, do a lot like people were pretty underwhelmed i think Mm -hmm. uh across the board with far cry 6 and unfortunately i think that that also affected how people perceive his performance um for me my prediction and personal pick is going to be erica mori as alex chen in life is strange um i think it's just because like that game is such a character driven game it kind of allows the character to shine more 
Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's just more, more to work with as an actress. Um, and from what I hear, a lot of people really love Alex uh, as a character in Life is Strange. So much so that they are, like, if, if asked to rank all of the Life is Strange characters, they're putting Alex at the top. Like, she is uh, the most relatable and the least cringy, <laughs> which is saying a lot for Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with her. All right. What do we got yeah, next? So next category, Best Audio Design. And the nominees are Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. Alex, what are your thoughts? I, I don't have much to contribute to this because I don't know shit about audio design. Um, I feel like, especially with anything that was played on the PS5, if you did not have the Pulse wireless headset to play with it, it's hard to judge the the scale of the quality, I should say. Because, I mean, yeah, you can play through your TV speakers, but and, I mean, and that could sound great, but the game can only sound as good as the device you have outputting, you know? At the end of the day, um, in my opinion, so I, I, I had to. If I had to pick anything, I, I guess Forza, just because the, the sounds of the cars, it, it is not only accurate but it's satisfying. I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of guy like, hey, I like friends. I bought a car. First thing I asked the guy to do was rev the engine. I want to hear it. I want to know how it sounds. Seriously, because I mean, not only that tells you kind of the health of the car. I want to listen to a purr. Pretty much, because it's like if you rev a car, right? If I'm going to buy a car and you rev it and it sounds like absolute horse shit, I probably don't want to buy that car because there's probably something wrong with it. So that's why I ask. But, you know, you hearing that and playing a game is satisfying. One of my favorite things of racing games is going down a long stretch and it's lifting to the shifting of the gears as the engine. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. That was a beautiful rendition, Alex. Thank you. Thank you. I am a turbo engine in car. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Forza is my prediction to win as well in this category. Um, just historically speaking, they've done a pretty good job representing the cars, uh, like, realistically, I suppose. Um, so, so, yeah, Forza Horizon is my prediction. However, my personal pick is Returnal. And the reason why is they're actually doing um, some interesting things with 3D sound for Returnal. Uh, so not only do you have like rain effects and things like that where you can hear the raindrops around you, um, but there's a, a verticality to the level design in Returnal. And I've heard stories of people playing the game and actually having the sound design help them in enemy placement where they can't see an enemy um, and actually help them dodge different attacks and things like that. Um, And that's always cool to hear. So um, just based on that, Returnal gets my personal pick, but I still think Forza Horizon is, is going to end up winning this category. So. All right. So, yeah. um, Steven, we've got, we're at a minute 50 or an hour, 51 minutes. Sorry. Let's, uh, let's keep these people. Let's keep the people. Let's respect their time, I guess. And I'm well, tired. This Holy is shit. fine. So the <laughs> video the video will just go onto YouTube, and then we can split the audio up if we need to or whatever. But um, 
But yeah, we're almost there. We're almost there. We've only got a handful more categories. Holy uh, next shit, category. Seriously? Yeah, we're almost done. I, I don't remember voting this much, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always a, a decent amount of categories, but um, but yeah, so next category is best score and music. Um, so the nominees are The Artful Escape, Cyberpunk 2077, Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. 1389, sorry. Personal picks gotta go to Guardians. That soundtrack, honestly, I like the soundtrack in this one more than like in, uh, than what I uh, heard in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, damn. So I liked it more than the sequel to the movie. Uh, the first movie okay. still forever holds a special place in my heart with that soundtrack. But uh, no, this this soundtrack's great. I mean, Take On Me by AHA. The moment I saw that, I'm like, oh. Which version? Okay. What do you mean? It's by AHA. Is this the version? acoustic version or is this the, the no, original version? It's the original version. Why would you put okay. that? Why would you put the acoustic version in there? I'm just no saying. One, no one talks that game, about that game now version. has a precedent. In video games, just saying. No one, no one talks about the acoustic version of "Take okay. on Me" by Aha. I do. I talk about the acoustic version. Nobody talks about the acoustic version of "Take on Me" by Aha. You call um, me a nobody. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> no. Um, I, I think that would be the game I love to win. But again, a soundtrack does not make a score. I think at the end of the day, the score will go to. Um, hold on. What was it? There was near. There was another game. Uh, so it's Artful Escape, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Deathloop, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Near. Deathloop. Sorry, there we go. I played the okay. score to that game because it, it's it carries the character and the vibe of the game. Okay. You know, I, I feel like the music sets the tone very, very well for that game. So I imagine it'll that'll take the win. Okay, uh, so this one, my personal pick and my prediction is the same, and it's Near Replicant. Uh, Near as a series has, uh, I mean, the the musical score has been beloved since the beginning. Uh, it's one of the high marks for the series uh, in a series that is loved all around, <laughs> I guess, uh, in multiple categories, and people still say that it's one of, if not the best video game soundtrack, which is Pretty astounding. Video games have mm-hmm. really awesome music. Um, with Near Replicant, they went in and they didn't just like remaster and uh, rework certain pre-existing songs, but they actually had new versions of them uh, created by different artists. Uh, so it's it's really a revitalized soundtrack uh, where the original versions are still there, uh, but then also with with new versions. Uh, so yeah, it's just an awesome soundtrack made even more awesome. Uh, and more diverse, which is always cool. Uh, so that gets my pick on both sides. Mm. Uh, but yeah, next category is best art direction. Um, and hold on, I accidentally clicked the wrong category. God damn it. Okay, best art direction. The nominees are The Artful Escape, Deathloop, Kano Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Alex, take it away. Um, honestly, so I think again, personal and prediction, Psychonauts 2. All right. 
the game had a lot going on for it with just the different locales you'd visit and the different mines you'd jump into. Um, nothing was the same. I mean, I think the first world alone, the first mind you jump into, the moment you start the game, gets you into a field where it's just like, I mean, there's a teeth. game. The teeth, yeah. I mean, it, 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 like, it made me feel uncomfortable, which I wasn't expecting. And I was just like, good God almighty, like, I do not like this. This is. I'm honestly, I'm surprised that that wasn't up for any of the sound stuff. There wasn't a whole lot of sound behind it. Yeah, but some of those sound of effects with the teeth level in particular were. But that, but that was it, though. A big that, grueling. No, that was probably the only thing that I would say sound-wise in that game that was crazy. All right. Well, but, that's the only section of the game that I've played, so. But yeah, no, the, the game itself, I mean, the, the different locales, the different kinds of mines you jumped into, so much fun. Uh, all very inspired, so. All right. Uh, I I would not be upset if Psychonauts 2 won. I think it would be very well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my personal and prediction is going to be Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Uh, just because across the board, the only thing really, well, not the only thing, but the big thing that people talk about with this game is the art direction, how absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous it looks, how like Pixar level the um, animation is, the visual style of the world. It's like next caliber. And this is, again, the debut game for a very small studio that has never made a game before. Yeah, And it is blowing people away. Uh, so... Yeah, I think I I just have a feeling that Kano's going to win. But we'll see. We uh, so next category, we're in the top three categories. So next All category, right. best narrative. Um, so the nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. Um, so personal pick on this Psychonauts 2, uh, it was a game where I had a hard, I had a hard time predicting what was going to happen in the game. It was very much kept me on my toes with certain things. Um, a lot of fun and it explores the guilt of characters and being able to own up and grow past those things, but in a fun and enthralling way that doesn't beat you over the head with it. I appreciate the subtlety in games like that, where it can tell a message and do this thing, but it is not what makes the game um, or the story for that matter. So I think that was good, but I think the win will go to, let's see, there's Guardians, Deathloop, Psychonauts. Uh, Life is Strange, It Takes Two. I think the win will go to It Takes Two. Really? That, yeah, I think that is that game is built well the co-op aspect is a big thing uh the development team i can't ever think of the studio's name uh but their games brothers a tale of two sons and a way out are built the biggest thing about that while co-op is the narrative it drives Mm -hmm. um and i think it takes it takes two is no different so and they've been nominated for so many different categories but if there's one I feel like they they walk away with the win on this one. It's best narrative. Interesting. Um, so my personal pick for this one is Life is Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that game is almost entirely narrative. Uh, and uh, again, they're really bumping up the level of quality when it comes to the writing and the presentation with this game. 
And uh, the big thing that I've heard for this new Life is Strange game is how actually not cringy it is and how <laughs> actually relatable it is. Um, and Life is Strange has always had compelling stories, um, but sometimes it's kind of awkward in the dialogue department. And mm -hmm. uh, from what I hear with this one, that's no longer an issue. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's also the main character is a little bit older, so they're less cringy as a human as well. That's fair. Uh, so that's that probably factor. helps. Um, but that's my personal pick. However, my prediction to win uh, kind of came out of left field, but I'm going Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people are really talking about this game's narrative, uh, and they're surprised by how much it's impacting them and how emotionally invested they are in these characters. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a game about friendship, and it is being spoken about on the same level as games like Mass Effect. And, like, that's kind of awesome. Uh, I, so, I, I, as someone playing Guardians, I see it, but it's not like you're... You're not building those bonds yourself. It's not a choose-your-own narrative where you get to pick. It's no, There's no role-playing aspect to this. Mm -hmm. You get to choose some certain things like dialogue options. Yeah, but it's an illusion of choice. You know, It doesn't affect the overall story or direction the game's going to go in. Um, yeah, but this category so is not about interactivity. It's about story. I know. But that's what I'm saying with people so, comparing to the, the, the level of Mass Effect is what I'm speaking yeah. to. That well, I think it's just like the camaraderie between the group of characters and things. Yeah. Uh, they're comparing to certain like scenes in Mass Effect where it's like groups of people going into a thing together after building these relationships. And they feel <laughs> that same kind of... Bless you. Thank you. Uh, and they feel like that same kind of... Um, camaraderie with these characters in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Trip Fantasy writes in in the chat, and Trip Fantasy says, the characters never stop talking in Guardians. That is uh, true. There's <laughs> constant dialogue. There's never a quiet moment in that game. Uh, Not a banter. It, I think, isn't it the same with the movies, though? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but... That's true. I mean, it does a good <laughs> job. I mean, that's the, the Guardians, the, the concept of them is, you know, a ragtag team of heroes, so it's very much, you know, you get the the best part about th that story is the ensemble. So, Yep. Uh, so next category. This is the penultimate category. Best game direction. Uh, the nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. What are your thoughts, Alex? Um, personal pick, again, direction, Psychonauts 2, just again for the reasons I stated before, but I think it's gonna go to Deathloop. Um, okay, just because it's done in a style we haven't seen done in a video game and pull it off as well as it did. Uh, okay, we we see that concept, that theme, you know, constantly thrown out there because it's popular, right? But it doesn't always work well. If anything, nine times out of ten, if it's not done in a movie, it, it falls flat pretty fucking hard. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I can appreciate that answer. Uh, I was actually torn between uh, two different games for this one. Um, but both my personal pick and my prediction is It Takes Two. Mm. Uh, just because on a, on a game design level uh, for a co-op-centric game, again, It Takes Two is just so full of ideas. 
And from what I hear, not a single one of them is a miss. And that's something kind of rare for a game. Um, and as much as I hate to say it, even with as perfect as Astrobot is, it still had like small little sections where I was like, I'm oh, not really feeling this. Uh, but across the board, people who play It Takes Two, they say, wow, every time they introduce a new idea, it's compelling, it's interesting, it's fun. And then you blink and it's different. Mm. And it's a long game. So uh, it, I think that that's impressive and that's a testament to not just great game design, but also great leadership on the development side of things. Um, I was torn between that and Psychonauts 2, actually. Um, mm. But my, uh, I, I, I feel like it takes two kind of wins out in the end. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I feel about that. Uh, so we're on to the, the big boy. The big one. You ready? You ready Give me with the big, big boy. boy. All right, game of the year. Here we go. The nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. How do you feel? I would like to see Ratchet and Clank win it. They're my personal pick. Really? It would it's gonna go to Deathloop. Okay. You say it with such confidence. I it, Deathloop is out of everything on there. If we're talking game of the year, it's the most critically acclaimed game in that list, right? And it has been like, and it, especially considering where the game launched, and it was to a point where it was overbearing to the buildup because it was mentioned in every fucking state of play, and then not only got, and then had its own state of play, and it was constant coming. Like there was just constant, 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 constant talk about it. It was nonstop. You were beaten, beaten over the head with it. And then it came out and it's like, I don't mind that. This is a solid fucking game in every aspect it does. Arcane studio. And it's not, I think another big thing it has going for is that it's a new IP. It is not a sequel, right? It's not a Ratchet and Clank. It's not Resident Evil. It's not Metroid. This is a brand new fucking IP. And it's, and it's hanging out there with the best of them. So, I, yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Uh, someone in the chat seems like they don't agree. I'd like for them to share their pick. Um, and, and maybe the reasoning behind their, their choice. Uh, but for me, Game of the Year, for my personal pick, I was very torn. Uh, between Ratchet and & Clank and It Takes Two. Uh, mm-hmm. because Ratchet and Clank, uh, it's the game that I've bitched about uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the longest. Um, and I finally played it. It was the first game I played on the PS5, so it's it's always going to have like a special place in my heart for that. Um, also, it was a great and polished game. Um, mm-hmm. But then also It Takes Two is just a, a consistently surprising game um, full of new and fresh ideas, uh, and it's there aren't really any games like it, really. Uh, and so I was kind of torn between those two for my personal. I couldn't choose between them. Uh, however, the one that I predict to win, I'm thinking it's going to be Psychonauts 2, personally. 
interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think that it uh, it achieves everything that it needed to achieve as a sequel. Um, it looks beautiful. Uh, it plays well. Uh, it is it's it's fun and funny. It's charming. Um, it also has matured. Oh quite yeah, a lot as a game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, it it's been a long time since the first Psychonauts, but also it's been a long time since the first Psychonauts. Um, so. Uh, you know, there's a lot of growth that Double Fine has done as a studio um, and as as developers over there. And uh, I think consistently across the board, I don't think a single person is disappointed in Psychonauts 2, uh, from what I've heard. Um, So I think it's kind of the surprise uh, game. Uh, Like, not that anyone thought that it would be bad, but um, it it still managed to live up to expectations after so long. And for a game that means so much to so many people, I think that that's, that I think that's a big statement, I guess. Mm. Um, But yeah, so there we have it. All right. Ladies and gents, you've heard it here first, our predictions and picks for the game awards. Be sure to catch it on December 9th uh, and be sure to check in every Friday at 10 PM on Twitch for your newest episode of Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast where we give you our two cents on all things PlayStation. If you're a fan of the show, head on over to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate where you can donate as little as a dollar to help contribute and help the show grow. But until then, we'll see you next time. And see you later. Thank you. Love, love, love. Hey.